Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Glory to God. Amen. We'll get your Bibles out, but uh, we're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, but before we do, uh, don't put it up there yet, Zach. Before, before we, do, you, we put it up there, I just want to give a recap of last week. How many were here last week? How many were here last week? Come on. Wow. There was, uh, how many agree there was uh, such a powerful presence and anointing of God? And so um, I want to pray, and then we're going to get your Bibles out. We're going to recap a little bit of last week, and then we're going to go into part two today. And I want you to get excited about the Word of God. I want you to be focused. Everybody say focused. That means no texting during service. That means no, no, no social media during service. Come on, let that convict you. Amen. And, and, and come in the house of the Lord to receive. Hey, you're here anyway, so don't waste your time here. A lot of people, they get dressed, they get ready, and they spend their entire time in church. Their mind is somewhere else. Let's stay focused on the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for our family. I thank you for so much that you're doing in our midst. I pray that, Lord God, we will not only be focused, but, Father, we will receive the word of the Lord. And I pray a great stirring will come as, as the people of God recognize that you have given every one of them gifts. Every one of them talents. Do not let them sit on their talents, especially in their spiritual family and their, and their, and their local church. I'm asking for an explosion of activity and, Lord God, of proactive use of what you've given them. And then this city will truly see the hand of God, truly see the power of God when your people start walking in what you've told them to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Before we go to Second Peter, I just want to give you a little a recap of last week. Last week we talked about uh, the Lord has need of you. That was the title. And that title was based on Jesus coming to Jerusalem. Uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem and he parked at the towns of Bethphage and Bethany. Remember that. So Bethphage, if you guys remember, just for those who weren't here, and Bethany. Bethphage in the Greek means unripe fruit. So in other words, it was a town that had the reputation of, of not bearing fruit, right? And then he, there in between that, close to each other, was Bethany. And there was a lot of good things that happened at Bethany. But the Greek word of Bethany means house of misery. So he's coming into an environment, and he parks an environment that in the natural is not so good looking. It's a, it's a fruitless environment. It's a miserable type of environment. And in the Mount of Olives, oil, symbolic of anointing, he pauses and he brings a colt that's tied and bound. And he says, bring them to me. What I was talking about last week is he said, when someone asks you why, listen, hear me, and this is key, why are you loosing or freeing, you hear, you see this? Because we're bound and, and we're, and we're, and we're uh, um, addicted and tied up to money issues, to emotional issues, to mental issues. And he says, I want you to free this immature uh, cult that's tied. Watch this. And I'm attracted to this person because the mess that that donkey is in does not disqualify them for the use I'm about to give them. Right? So he brings them to himself and he says, if anyone, watch this says to you, why are you losing it? Some of people have said that to you, right? They said, why are you losing it? Lord, why are you waste your time with this person? Or so-and-so, why are you spending so much time counseling this person? You know why? Because the Lord has need of you. And that's what the, Jesus said. He said, if, if, when you, if anyone tells you, why are you freeing this unattractive donkey, just say, he's attractive to me because the Lord, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to use him for my glory. All right? 
With that said, I, I also sh- shared last week, and then we're going to go to the scriptures. Bless you. And we're, we're going to, there's three, people are always desiring to connect with somebody. I, do you guys realize that part of your heart is not fulfilled if you don't have the right connectivity in your, in your life? Now, people are searching for ways to connect. Why? Why are they searching? Because we all are, are looking for ways to fill our heart with, not, not with things other than the Lord, but to help complete our heart, right? And so why do I say that? Because there's three things that people that um, are searching for, sorry, three things that that are the answers for our search for connectivity, right? I've seen people tell me all the time, I love my church, I love the word, I love the worship, but I feel disconnected. Say disconnected. Let me pause and say something right here that's powerful. Have you ever felt disconnected in your walk with God? Amen? Pause. Have you ever felt disconnected in your church? Pause and say, no church is perfect, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go in there today because there's your responsibility and there's my responsibility, not just my responsibility. But nevertheless, we have all felt at one point of our life disconnected, right? Right. So how do we solve the issues of, of being disconnected? This is where I'm going to go in this morning. I'm going to make you happy. It's going to be good. Number one, the feeling of disconnect is solved other than the Lord. We all know this, okay? So let's not get religious on me. We all know that the Lord is the first thing. Other than our relationship with the Lord, we need to have fellowship with one another. How many of you have heard great word, great podcasts, great worship, yet you still feel alone? You know why? Because you're missing fellowship with the body. That's why when people say to me, God told me to stay home and, and not go to church and pray, I go, well, then you don't really know the Bible. I like, yeah, stay home, but not exclude the fellowship of the saints. Because the Bible says, do not forsake Do not forsake the assembly of saints together. It's so powerful when we connect with each other. It's so powerful, and it's needed. Stop. Let's stop being all spiritual and say, I don't need anybody. Those are people that said, I don't need anybody. It's because they're hurt, and they don't want to reveal their hurt to people. Number two, the way that people connect and and have that feeling of uh, solving their disconnect is to connect themselves with a purpose or a cause or a movement. And, and if you don't think so, just look at the prayer movement. There was a cause. The trumpet came out to say, we need to have prayer. And it became a movement, and people were attracted to that. How about Bound for Life when there was a cause, a cause to what? End what? Abortion. And so some, some people in the back of the pews in the churches resonated like, wait, I have a burning desire to end uh, this injustice of abortion. I'm going to sign up. And watch this, connect with like-minded people that are on the same mission. So watch, the second reason is when you get, get connected to a cause or a purpose, your heart comes alive. And it solves that feeling of disconnect. Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. The third thing is what I've been talking about. The third area to solve, hear me, help solve, not completely solve, but help solve the feeling of being in a church, being in an environment, in a walk with God, and feeling disconnected is by activating and identifying and tapping into the gifts that God has given you through the local church and in your life. When you tap into your, it, listen, let me just, just talk to you before I even go to the scriptures. It, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and receiving. There's seasons for that. And there's some gifts in this house and in every church that will not belong to, what I mean, it will not be used primarily in the local church setting. There's some of you that have gifts that will be used in the marketplace. 
But when you come and get that reward in the marketplace, you bring the reward to the church. You bring the tithe to the church. There's some people that will be making millions of dollars, and the tithe of a million, of a million dollars is a pretty good amount of money for, for the Lord, right? For the work of the Lord. What I'm saying is there's gifts that you have. When you and I tap in and identify the gifts that God has given you, watch this, and you're actually doing them in the, in the context of your family, your spiritual family, watch this. Your heart will come alive. If you, if, you, if you listen to me without, without a, 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 a religious tone in your spirit, you will realize that you're not satisfied. You're not going to be satisfied just sitting in church in the pew and receiving all day long. But my, my brother here, Joy, he just came for 17 years, not, not coming to church. And, and your heart was, you still love the Lord, but there was something missing. Because you had those two, uh, you didn't have the fellowship like, of the saints, and you weren't using your gifts. Well, a couple of months after he started coming in, in here, now he's on drums and his heart is alive. Isn't that right? Why? Because there's something mysterious about releasing your gift in the context of our spiritual family that makes your heart come alive. That's why we have teachers. That's why we have a, 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 a builders. That's why we have craftsmen. That's why, we, that's why we have architects. That's why we have worshipers and singers. Why? I love worship, but my heart doesn't come alive to be on stage and worship because I still need a couple you know, music lessons and singing lessons. But you put me in front of a crowd and you start telling me to preach the gospel, my heart comes alive. Why? Because I'm doing what I was born to do. Are you ready? Are you ready? That was my intro. Now look at first, look at first Peter. Look at first Peter chapter four. Look at this. Yes, hey Amen. I know you're getting some good stuff on me. On you. Look at this. Oh, glory to God. Look at this church. Look at this. Look at this with pure eyes. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Watch this. This is a little foreshadow. Use them well. To serve one another. Hmm. What's the purpose of your gift? That's a little foreshadow. Use them well to serve one another. So many people are bragging about their gifts nowadays, but they don't realize they're not, you're not called to brag about your gift or, or shine the gift on you. Your gift is there to serve people. Do you have the gift of speaking? Come on, all the speakers, all the speakers in the house, make some noise. Come on, come on. Come on, somebody in this area right over here. Okay. You got the gift of speaking? Watch this. Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. All right? In other words, take it seriously. It's listen, it's time to take your gift seriously. Do you have a gift of speaking? Then do it as though God. That's a big responsibility. That, as, as, when I come behind the pulpit, that means I'm saying, Lord, use me. Keep it up there. Keep that script up there. Use me as, if, as your mouthpiece as if you are speaking. That makes the fear of the Lord. That makes, that makes what I say with fear and trembling because I can't get up here and just speak nonsense and then be held accountable to the Lord about what I share with you. Speak as though God himself is speaking. All right, I have a, I, I'm not gifted in a lot of things, amen, but I'm, I'm gifted in speaking. I'm the one of the guys, I, I can play basketball, and I can play some sports, and I can preach, but don't tell me to build things. My, 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 <laughs> my brother Steve Lasano was at my house the, yesterday because I needed my cabinets taken down, and I was just there like, what do you need me to do, Steve? 
And he was all sweating. He was cutting up in there. It took him about four or five hours, and I'm so grateful for him. But he has a gift. Come on, somebody. He has a gift that since he was little, he was telling me, oh, I, I want first place in this construction. I, I want second place in, in, in this area. His gift is one of his gifts is to be a craftsman. Do you know if you study the Bible, there is craftsmen all over to build the house of the Lord? But we say, oh, you don't have the gift of speaking, so you're not anointed. No, he's anointed, my brother. And, and, <laughs> amen. And, and I mean, with, like in three hours, like, he could put all my cabinets out. I was like, yes, sir. What do you want me to Okay, I'll put it outside. I'll put it outside. <laughs> I'm holding the ladder for my wife. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> Let me continue. Let me continue. Right? Do you have the gift of speaking, John? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of, oh, listen, listen, oh, I love this. We think our gifts have to be so, like, extravagant on stage. Watch this. Do you have the gift of helping others? Wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. There's a gift, pastor, of helping others? Yes. How that looks like, I don't know. Just help people. You, some of you just have a gift to help the church, to help people. And this is what I interpret that to be. Hey, use me wherever it's needed. What, what do you mean? Well, I, you could use me anywhere. Well, where's the most need at? That's where I'm going to be. Right? You have the gift of helping people. Watch this. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Watch this. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power be to him forever. Can I hear an amen? So in this scripture, Peter, Peter in his epistle is saying two main things that I need you guys to hear. He's saying two main things. He's saying a lot of things. But in this scripture, the Lord is speaking through Peter, and he's saying two main things. Number one, he's saying everyone has a gift from God. So that, that, that could eliminate any excuse right now. I could drop the mic and go home, and everything be good. That means every single one of you who are sitting in this chair this morning has a gift from God. Now, just because you don't know your gift doesn't mean you don't have a gift. Because the Bible says God has given each and every one of you a gift from his vast variety of gifts. And for some reason, he gave you a certain gift. Now, it's up to us to figure what that gift is out. The second thing that I see in this epistle is not, number one, he's given everyone a gift. That means there's no excuse. Say no excuse. Come on, say no excuse. You know how many times I hear people say I'm not involved because I don't know what I'm gifted in? You know the second thing that I see in this epistle is that he said the reason he gave you that gift is to serve one another well. That means the purpose of your gift, are you ready? Are you ready for this? It's not for you to sit on it and be selfish, but it's to serve others. How can I serve you? Steve Lucena came yesterday to my house, and he served my family through his gift. Hello? He served my family with his gift, and he did it with joy. He did it with smiling. Those of you who know Steve, he did it with smiling. He doesn't have, he's, I don't think he, I've ever seen him grumpy or mad, right? He, he, did, he, said, he said, the Bible says, do it to serve each other well. You know, I get convicted of that because I want to be able, I'm hard on myself. I want to be able to serve you well. Do I have all your answers? No. That's why we have a five-fold ministry vision here. Because I can't do it all by myself. I need Harvest, and I need the, 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 the people that God's bringing, like Enrique and Joanne. I need PK. I need John. 
I tell them all the time, I need you. And it's not just, they may they think, okay, he's doing his weekly text to me. No, I mean it with all my heart. I need everyone here. The Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of you. And so the Lord does not wait. Here, this is an encouraging part, church. The Lord does not wait for you and I to have it all together for him and figure it out for him to start calling his purposes out in you. Hear me what I'm saying. Because some of you, this is, I'm, I'm going to prophesy this to you without you saying that I'm prophesying. Because some of you, you know that you have a gift. That's not even a problem with you. There's two people in this room. There's people that don't know they have it, that they know what, don't know what their gift is. And another, uh, the other people is that they know what their gift are and they're not using it. The third one is the people that know the gift and are using it. All right? But why, does I, why do I say that? Because some of you instinctively are saying, I'm not going to use my gift until I have it all together. Now listen, I understand we got to strive for holiness. But if that's the case, I will never be preaching and nobody will be ever on stage. Nobody ever will be. If we had, if we had to have everything together, no arguments in our marriage, no, no, uh, no, no mishaps, no bumps in the road, nothing reactionary in any moment of our life, then they will disqualify every one of us. Every single one of us. So guess what? God uses weak people. But people that are willing to strive after him and not condone their sin. Right? So why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because he did that to Peter. Jesus didn't wait. Look, look guys. Jesus did not wait for Peter to have it all together to say, you know what? I'm going to use you now. He didn't wait for the, the, the donkey to have it all together. As a matter of fact, he never saw him free. You know, when you, those who love animals, you want to test them. Come on, somebody. You want to see if they can run fast. You want to see if, they, if they're not limping. Jesus didn't have the opportunity. He goes, that one over there that's bound, no one has ever sat on them, bring them to me. Because I have a use for them. Oh, man. And so he, he told Peter, Peter's the one who said, hey, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? No, Peter, no. <laughs> right now, it's not time to call fire from heaven because we'll do it. You know, we'll, just say the word, we'll do it. Peter's the one who, who chopped, was going for the head of the guy and chopped his ear off. He, Peter's the one who says, look, look, I'll never, I'll never forsake you. And, then, and Jesus said that you're, you're going to forsake me three times. Yet that unstable Peter, which by the way, Peter in the, in the Greek means uh, um, a reed, unstable reed. Peter means rock. So I'm sorry, Simon. I said it wrong. Simon, which is Simon, Simon means reed. Peter means rock. He looked at Peter before he was born again. By the way, a little news flash. You couldn't be born again uh, when you were walking with Jesus because Jesus had not died on the cross yet. So they were walking with Jesus, these sinners, walking with Jesus. They were not born again, right? The cross had not happened yet. But they're walking with Jesus. They're drawn to Jesus. Jesus is doing something in them, touching them. And he looked at Peter, this fisherman, this sailor, this, this, uh, this, this thing, this person who was probably just had problems cursing. And he's like, I want you, because I have a purpose for you. I'm going to cleanse you. Listen, the purpose that God frees you is to first bring you to himself and then use you. He brings you to himself in fellowship so you can be free and then use that freedom like Amber to release that message of freedom to others. Right? And so he, he comes to Peter and he says, this unstable Peter, you know what he says? He goes, I say to you, Peter, when he get, had a revelation of who God was. You are Peter, and upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church, watch, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Peter. Peter must have been like, Phew. did you see, he just called me the rock. I'm the original rock. <laughs> 
He called me the rock, baby. Right? Smell what the rock has been cooking. But watch this. Even after Jesus said, you're the rock, look, look it for yourself. Look it for yourself. I believe it's in Matthew 16. After Jesus called him the rock, he said, he, he rebuked Jesus. Could you imagine rebuking the Lord? Because the Lord was saying, I got to go die. I, I got to go die. I got to go die. No, you're not. No, you're not. And he, the Bible says he pulled him aside. Come here, Jesus. I need to rebuke you for a second. And then when he was trying to rebuke Je- uh, Jesus, Peter said, get behind me, Satan. Now, wait a minute. He just spoke his purpose a couple verses before, and now he's calling him Satan because he's, he's talking from the area of darkness. Why do I say that? You, he knows our ups and downs, and he doesn't wait for us to have it all together for him to activate the gift that he's given you. Let me tell you something. If you and I don't use the gift that he's given you, we will held account- be held accountable in the day of judgment. It's not just how we live is what we used for his glory. Did he give you a gift and you never used it and you just sat on it? Come on, say amen. And I believe this. I believe this. I wrote this down. The principle of a pioneer needs to be implemented when it comes to our gifts and what we desire in our lives, what we desire in our local church, and what we desire in our business. Say pioneer. This, I believe the spirit of pioneer needs to come on some of you guys. What is a pioneer? Pioneer is someone who has a burden for something and is not waiting for someone else to do what's burning in their heart. And they're starters. And it's a little messy because you have a vision, you have a dream. And listen, there is, can I just be honest with you? The New Testament saints didn't have a, a, uh, a manual like we do. They were the manual. <laughs> they, were, they were messing up. Oh, I don't know. And it's, everything's recorded. Everything's recorded for other people. You're going to be the manual. You're going to be the manual. Oh, I stepped up. I messed up. I did this. I repented. And people and, and the Lord in heaven is like, okay, that's how I'm going to write my manual through them. They didn't have a manual to say, yeah, they had, they had the Lord and they had the Old Testament scriptures, but they didn't know how to live in New, New Testament uh, ways. That's why Peter had to remind the early church, I want to remind you, you have gifts in you. Look at this. Look at this. This is, this is powerful. The, say pioneer. That means you and I are not waiting for someone to do something that you need in your life. Come on, say amen. In your church, in your family. Some of you need to start pioneering in your family. Well, I don't see this in my family. I don't see communication in my family. I just don't see it. Well, start communicating then. I said this a long time ago, and I'm going to say it again. Some people told me years ago, well, I want to go to a clapping church. I go, great. When you come to church, clap, and it will be a clapping church because you're the church. Well, I just, I just want to go to a shouting church. Awesome. When you go to sh- church, start shouting, and it will be a shouting church. Why? Because you're the church. I want a victorious church. Start walking in victory, and everyone around you will start walking in victory. Now watch. Put that, I, po- I posted something up in our social media. I got mostly good responses, but it was just something that I, I saw and I posted uh, some of you guys saw this, right? Now, now look at this. I'm not being insensitive. I, I'm just copying. I just agreed with this post. And I got like 99% good. Some of them were like, hey, well, you know. And I understand th- their concern. I wasn't trying to be hard. I was just trying to watch this. Look at me for a second before you read it. Trying to end the excuses for our lack of involvement in the, watch this, the culture that we want to see in our lives. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Do you want to see a certain culture in your life? Raise your hand. Do you want to see a certain culture, culture of prayer, culture of finances, a culture of wholeness? Then start pioneering it. Come on, I'm getting like 10 amens in here. The problem with the church is that we're waiting for the leaders to pioneer something that God has called maybe you to pioneer. 
Look at this. If I hear one more person complain that there's just no community in my church, they didn't say it that way, I said it that way, I might gag. Friendship is your responsibility, not the church's. Put your big boy pants on. That's John Chris, if you know who John Chris is. Embrace the awkwardness. Come on, amen. Get over your insecurity. Take a risk and invite someone for dinner. The deepest and most lasting relationships you will ever have are the ones you initiate and fight for. Don't wait for the church to figure it out. You are the church. If there's no community, get to pioneering. If you want community, start inviting people from this church to your home. Start getting out of your seat and don't get in your bubble. Talk to, I know it's risky, talk to someone, introduce yourself to someone. As a matter of fact, this is your homework. After this message today, if you don't know people in this church, I want you to go to someone and take a risk and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Who knows, you may just have a divine connection that will last for the rest of your life. Oh, this is good stuff here. Do you guys see what I'm saying? All right, say pioneer. Put that first slide up here, Zach. Put that first slide up. If you are not currently seeing the things that you need in your life or your church, start pioneering the results you want to see for your life and for your spiritual community. Uh, (laughs) Come on, Darren. You're getting me excited. See, he's, I got fuel on this side, and where's Miss Linda? Where's Miss Linda? Where's Miss Linda? Like, I'm there. I got fuel. Woo. No, but look, but look, look, look. If you are not currently, you can take a, a, a picture of this. If you're not currently seeing what you need in your life, not just in the ministry, in your life, say life, say your church, start pioneering the results you want to see for your life and your spiritual community. So, you, so activating your gifts is a major way to stay plugged in. Say, get plugged in. Some people have told me, well, you know, the church never calls me. But it's because sometimes the church never knew you. But I'm, not, I, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be insensitive. <laughs> calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> but am I, spe- am I speaking the truth? No one calls me. Well, you never get, you're not plugged in in anything. You don't want to be in community. You just, you, we just, we, I'm going to we just come and sit wherever we want to sit. We hear a good sermon and we leave and we're not plugged in anywhere. How can you expect people to know you? If, if you want someone to call you, you know what the Bible says? If you want to first have friends, you must first show yourself friendly. That's not PG. That's Proverbs. That's Proverbs. It says, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. Guess what? If you do that, God is going to do a couple of things. He may actually get you connected with people so that your heart could start coming alive. And he could, at the same time, break fear in your life. But I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm going to get to that in a second. We, as a church of Jesus Christ, should be a distinctive community. Say distinctive. But are we really distinctive and different from the world? Right? Or do we just act like the world? Do we, why do I say this in regards to giftings? Because listen to what I'm about to say. I believe sometimes the American church that we're living in, I say American because we're in America, has to uh, evaluate some of the wrong traditions that we've picked up throughout the years. 
Does that make sense? There's some good tradition, but we have to recognize some of the wrong traditions that we have picked up throughout the years, watch this, in our Christian walk, and we think it's okay because we've been doing it for so long that we feel like, hey, this is part of Christianity. And here is one of those cultures that we have picked up, one of these bad traditions that we picked up along the centuries that is very destructive in the American church. You know what that is? It's a self-centered Christianity. Selfish, I'm tired, don't work, don't bother me. It's an inconvenience. Can I have a newsflash? The gospel is inconvenient. It's we've become church in America has become, not all, has become all about me, all about my song list. Come on, all about my preacher style, all about my my uh, uh, desires for worship. And if the church of Jesus Christ does not slightly entertain us or make us feel at home, we will either uh, start complaining or we will leave the church. But what I am trying to communicate to my spiritual body and to the world out there is this is that we have adopted and embraced a selfish Christianity. Do you realize that that is the actual opposite of Christianity? Christianity is better. I want to tell you something. God so loved the world that he just sat down and watched the world while he loved them. That's not what the Bible says. He didn't say, for God so loved the world that he stared at them and smiled at them. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. He says, I so love the world. Watch this. Jesus, you're my only son. Go and die for humanity. That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Don't tell me that love and the gospel is not giving. Look at what Acts chapter, this is a mystery. Look at what Paul the apostle said in Acts chapter 20. Now, I researched this. This phrase that you're about to see is 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 gotten through relationship with Jesus. Because even though the principle is said in the gospel, verbatim, it doesn't say word for word like this. So it's something that they picked up while he, they were spe- listening to Jesus' teaching. So look at uh, Acts chapter 20. It says, I have coveted no one, no one's silver or gold. This is Paul speaking, or apparel. Look at this. Keep, keep going. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. Look at this. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Are you ready for this? It is more blessed, uh uh-oh, to give than to receive. In the Beatitudes, there's a lot of blessings that has a lot to do with this scripture right here. It's blessed, it's more blessed. He He didn't say you're more spiritual. He didn't say you're better. He said you're going to be more blessed. <laughs> it's more blessed to give than to receive. Than to, than to receive. And I say this is because if we don't have this in our culture, in our nature, we will, we will start adopting other things that I believe are wrong in the church, which is this. And this, what I'm about to say, there's a lot of what I, what I call uh, bad words in Christianity. When I say bad words, it's, it's things like holiness and repentance and hell. You know, we don't say that anymore in church. But you know, you know what, you know, watch this. You know what's another bad word in the, in, that we've picked up, symbolically speaking? Okay. is the word sacrifice. Because ha- in order for you 
To be able to release your gifts and the church body to experience it, it requires, newsflash, a little bit more of your time. It requires some sacrifice. Do you think, listen, I, I'm going to be transparent with you. I've never said this. It takes me about two and a half days or three days to come up with a sermon every single day. Because I don't, I don't just go to the internet and do stuff. I grind it out. A lot of people say, well, that was a download from heaven. You no, know, I, I searched for it. I grinded it out. I dug it didn't just come, this message is just going to, it wasn't downloaded while I slept and God gave me all these things. I searched for it. I labored for it. Let me tell you something. It was a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice I love doing because I'm pleasing my Lord and I'm using my gift to the body. So guess what? When the worship team comes up here at 8 in the morning, it is a sacrifice, but they do it with a burning heart because they're releasing what God has given them. Let me tell you something. Sacrifice has become a curse word in church. As a matter of fact, if we ask people nowadays to sacrifice their time, they will say, Pastor, they're beating me over the sheep, and oh my God, they're work. Yes, there is, there is times where we get burned out. But I want to say this, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just want to flow in the spirit. Zach, I want you to put that, that statistic up that I gave you at the end about burnout. There's a statistic out there that says most people, please hear me, that are struggling with burnout in the churches, okay, is not because they don't love what they do. It's because they have very little help. Look at this. Recent statistics say that the reason most people quit and burn out in church positions are not because they don't like what they're doing. It's because they feel ineffective in their role because they have very little help. I believe that you, I mean, we, we see tragedies all the time. Pastors committing suicide and, and, and people leaving because they just feel that they're doing. And, and you guys that, are, that know me for a while, you know this next story. But every now and then I like to repeat stories because there's new people. And you've heard me years ago that some of you have been with me for a long time. You remember telling me this story years ago when I was a youth pastor. I was going to a church, like a Spanish church, to minister and there was like 15 people literally in the Spanish church. Our whole crew was bigger. <laughs> that went with me was bigger than the church there. And I was like a speaker there. So I see like some of the people outside talking. Some of their church people outside. They're laughing. They're talking. And so I come in. And I remember this pastor. Well, I just gave it away. This person. This person, he's, 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 he's looking at me. And he's, he's saying, hey. I said, hey, um, I'm, I'm looking for the pastor of the church, right? And so he goes, he's over there. So when he, he looked at over there, I see the person, he's doing the chairs, and he's putting the chairs, and he's, he's sweaty. And remember the transparency, transparency machines? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for deliverance. We, 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 see, you, ha, you haven't lived until you worship with a transparency machine. You have to have the light just right. <laughs> holy, 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 Lord God. Hosanna. And then you put the next sheet on, you know. <laughs> right? And he was doing that. He was setting the transparency machine, and his tie was all messed up, and he was fixing the chairs. And then he ran back, literally, he ran back to the sound to check the sound. I said, excuse me, I'm here as a guest speaker. I was invited. I'm asking, uh, I want to meet with a senior pastor of the church uh, because he was, I was told to meet with him. He got up straight, put his glasses on, and he goes, you're looking at him. And I remember feeling this righteous indignation while all of the people were outside just kind of kind of laughing and talking. And so I hardly ever did this, but I got the mic and I remember preaching and the Spirit of God came on me. When I was younger, I was a lot bolder. But not that I'm not bold now. I was un more unrestrained. <laughs> now, now, now I'm like, uh, let me not say that right now. <laughs> 
And so I said, you know why? And I'm preaching. All of a sudden, in the middle, in the middle of my message, I said, do you know why your church is not growing? You could hear a pin drop. I said, because your pastor is too busy doing your job. It's because your senior pastor is fixing the chairs, checking the sound, checking the transparency machine while you guys were just chilling outside. I said, he needs help. Boy, I mean, if there, if there were faces that could talk right there and then, uh, they were just like. But I said it with love, but, I, but, I, but the pastor afterwards thanked me. He said, thank you so much. I've been trying to get our church to grow, but watch this. I'm doing everything. Are you ready for this? And I feel like quitting. I feel like quitting. Look at that. That's the key right there. All right. Are you getting something this morning? Are you getting something? The tragedy is this. In the early church, I'm almost done. In the early church, they didn't know how to, to live in the, in the New Testament way all that way, all that much. So there's not that much of a, an excuse in a sense for them to not know that they have gifts because Jesus just resurrected a couple years ago. They didn't really have the knowledge. But you know what the tragedy is? Now, if I say now, we have more technology than the early church. That means we can study the Greek and the Hebrew at the push of a button. They had to get scrolls and big, thick documents to just look through pages after pages to find out a Greek definition or, or a, 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 a word of some sort. They would have to go and find the book of Isaiah in a scroll. And I mean, they, I mean, could you imagine that? Now all we have to do is put the search button in the YouTube version app, and we could put... Holy Spirit, and the whole bunch of scripture of the Holy Spirit comes up. The sad part, church, is that today we have more technology than the early church. We have more churches in the early church, sometimes three in the same block. And yet churches find it very difficult to operate their churches because of lack of volunteers. This is a, this is a good family meeting today, right? But I'm not just saying it for RCC. Do you realize how many church pastors I know that started the church and had to close it down? within a year or two of existence because they were doing everything. It's time for the people of God to rise up. And if you see something, come to one of our leaders and we will try to make it happen. That's why we have a process in place. That's why we have these things in place. Why? Because we want to use your gifts for the glory of God so that we could explode and the kingdom of God could be advanced. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. I'm, I'm going to call the worship team. You, the worship team, come up, come, come up here, please. I want to just say this. Jesus very clearly said that the problem and the challenge is not the harvest, is the laborers. Now ask yourself, are you a laborer for the Lord? Ask yourself, are you using your gifts? Maybe you have a teaching gift. Maybe you love children. Well, help Miss Janice in the children's room, children's area, right? Because it has been said, it has been said that 20% of the entire uh, organization, church body, or even in some local organizations do 80% of the work. If that's the case, if that's true, I don't, I don't wonder anymore why there's so much burnout in the church. So if 20, think about this, if 20% of the people in this church did 80% of the work, then I believe there's a problem. Can I hear an amen? I believe that there, there is the, the, there is a a relaxed environment in, in Florida because people come here for vacation. And that relaxation and that selfish type of thing has kind of transcended over to the culture of the kingdom. And that's not the culture of the kingdom. 
I'm going to close with two, two points. There's two main reasons. There's a lot more. But two reasons why I believe people do not activate their gifts. They don't, they don't activate their gifts. They don't use their gifts. Watch this. Please hear me. I already spoke to some of you guys. I had my notes for two weeks, so I'm not harping on anybody. I've already had this. I have to explain because I'm not targeting anybody. But one of the number one killers for your gift to be used is not because you don't know your gift. I'm not talking to those type of people right now. I'm talking to people that know their gift. But here's, here's, here's the killer. Fear. Come on. It got quiet up in this church. The reason, the number one killer for people not using their gifts is because they're afraid of failing. They're afraid that their gift is not powerful enough. They're afraid that they're, they're not good enough, that they're going to disappoint. Or, or watch this. Fear is related sometimes to comparison. Sometimes people are fear because they're comparing their gift with another person's gift that has, is higher in the same realm. So if, if And I had to do that. I, I battled with fear for years when it comes to speaking. Yeah, PG, yeah, because I would compare myself with somebody that's been doing it for years and I didn't start doing what I was called to do until the Holy Spirit just came on me and started doing it why do I say this because now, well, now please hear me I know that you know this is a simplistic but I need you to hear this when Paul the Apostle was talking to Timothy we quote this scripture most charismatics we, we quote this scripture that I'm about to give as if demons are chasing us or or, or verse scared of the dark when we say this, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. Yeah, could that scripture uh, work if you're, uh, if you're having demons or you're having darkness or you're having uh, nightmares? Yes, it will work. If you're having bad thoughts and suicidal thoughts and fearful thoughts, if you rise up and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind, it works. But, it, but if you really want to know the context of that scripture, are you ready for this? The context of that scripture was not only for you to be strong against the dark or nightmares or demons. The context that Paul was writing that, and 1 Timothy, put that up there, was in context of releasing the gift that was inside of Timothy. Are, are you ready for this? I've had, guys, I've had people all over the world tell me privately, I'm afraid to use my gift. I'm afraid to stand in public, or I'm afraid because I don't want to mess things up. So we settle for comfortability, and comfortability, like I said last week, sometimes will abort the plan of God on your life. Listen, take a step out and you will see what happens. Look at what this. Look at what, look at what Paul told his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, when I were called to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in you. So he's talking, he's encouraging Timothy. Timothy, hey, this has been passed down by your grandmother Lois and, you, and, 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 and your, and your uh, mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded, Timothy, it's in you too. Watch this. Watch. Next verse. Verse 6. Therefore I remind you. Woo! Stir up. Notice they didn't say it's the pastor's responsibility to stir it up. Notice they didn't say it's the, it's the preacher's responsibility to stir it up. He goes, I'm reminding you, Timothy. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hands. Are you ready? Are you ready? Look at the next verse. For God. Wait, wait, wait. The verse before was stir up your gifts, Timothy. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, 
but of power, love, and a sound mind. Paul was not saying, hey, I've given you the the spirit of fear is coming, so go ahead and rebuke fear. He goes, no. He goes, Timothy, I know you're afraid to use your gifts. Watch this. Because at that time there was some fear of persecution. You're a leader, Timothy. You need to stop the silence. You need to rise up. There's a pastoral gift in you, Timothy. You need to start using it again, Timothy. I'm reminding you, Timothy, that years ago or a couple months ago, we laid hands on you and the gift of God is bubbling inside of you. The call of God, I remind you, don't be afraid. What do people do when they're afraid in their gifts? Are you ready? This is just a, a modern day analogy. They sit on it. So you have a gift of teaching, you sit on that teaching. You have a gift of worship, you sit on that. You have a gift of making money and you sit on that. But let me tell you something. I've said this before and I'm gonna say it again because there's new people here. The greatest gold mine in all of the earth is not Fort Knox. It's not the oil wells that you dig oil and have riches. It's the graveyards because that's where all the lost gifts that were never used lay dormant in. That's where all the gifts that God has given people that never used it, they died before their purpose. They never used their gift to their fullness. And sitting in the graveyards are, are people that were supposed to be missionaries, pastors, apostles, businessmen. Worship leaders. Come on, somebody. But fear. Say fear. Say fear. The other thing, and I'm going to close with this. I promise. the last scripture. The other thing that stops people from using their gifts. Now, this is more, this is more um, relatable. It's laziness. So you may not have fear, but you just may be so weary, so tired. You don't want to make those sacrifices, and so we become lazy. Now, watch. The last scripture I'm going to share with you will prove it. I'm going to just throw a couple scriptures with you right here, right? And then we're going to pray. Are you getting something this morning? Are you getting something this morning? Watch the screen. Look at the screen here. The first, the first scripture is this um, that I'm going to share with you. Uh, Romans chapter 12. This is the, this, this is the last three. I'm going to go real quick. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8. And then we're going to go to 11 in the NLT. If you're there, say Amen. Romans 12, verse 4 through 8, and then verse 11 in the NLT. Look what it says. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with the Christ body. Watch this. We are many parts of one body, and we all begin, we all belong to each other. Let that strike you for a second. Well, I don't know. We all belong to each other. That means if you hurt, I'm supposed to hurt. If, if you're rejoicing, I'm going to rejoice. The Bible says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. In His grace, God has given His different gifts for doing certain things. Watch this well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Glory to God. If your gift is, say, serving others. Simple. If your gift is serving others, watch this, serve them well. It's not a big, big list. Serve them well. That means if you have 12 people in your care and you're never going to have a mega church, serve those 12 people well. If you're a teacher, not just in the public system, but not excluding the public system either. If you're a teacher, teach well. In other words, do it with the fear of the Lord. If your gift is to, watch this, watch this. Pastor George, I don't, I don't, I don't know what my gift is. I, I don't, well, start encouraging others. If your gift is to encourage others, Listen, 
If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, oh man, I'm going to land on this. If it is giving, give generously. Do you know that there's people, when I read this, the Lord whispered this to my heart. There are people that I have called to give generously and they're giving, but they're not giving generously. You're not, you're not fulfilling the fullness of the gift that God has given you, right? Look at this. This sounds crazy. If you have a gift of giving, don't look at me like I'm trying to manipulate. This is the scripture. He says, give generously. Say generously. That may be another curse word in the church. Give generously. I didn't write the book. Now watch. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility serious. If you have a gift of showing kindness, do it gladly. Now look at verse 11. Are you, watch this. Verse 11, just a couple verses down. Look at verse 11. Never be lazy. See, see this? See this? He, he relates to all these gifts, all these gifts, all these gifts, and then he says, hey, by the way, all these gifts, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Laziness is the other reason why gifts of God are not being used anymore. Why? Because I'd rather just, I'd rather just be here and receive, and there is a season for that. Please don't get me wrong. But you're, there is a season for everything. You are not, you and I are not called to just sit and do nothing. All right? Now, last but not least, Proverbs 10. Let's put it up there real quick. Zach, Proverbs 10, verse 4, then Proverbs 12 to 24. Write it down. Take a picture of it. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Look at the Proverbs 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. I want you to stand up. I want everyone to stand up, please. I want you to see this. I want you to see this as we, as we close. I can tell the word of the Lord is striking some of you guys. Look at me. Don't look at your watches right now. Look at what the Lord is doing. Hear me. I want everyone to see this. The word, the word diligent means to proactively do something with concentration. With concentration and focus. I believe in here in this room, there are people that have God-given gifts, because the Bible says every one of you has gifts from God. Not just gifts from your employers. Not just gifts because you went to a, a school system. But every one of you, according to, to the scripture that you, we read in the beginning, has gifts from God. And I'm going to call those today. We're going to worship for just a minute or two, but I'm going to call for two people. I'm going to call for the people that you know your gift, but for some reason, whether you're afraid, whether you've you settled for, for uh just laziness or you believe that lie and God is speaking to you this morning to say I'm over with this pattern because listen the Lord needs you and the local church needs you the local church needs you or if you're a person that says you know what I haven't been using my gift at all and I believe this message has convicted me and I want to re-sign up to at least make myself available watch this here's the second thing and I want to choose to be a pioneer I want to choose to stop complaining about what my family doesn't have. And I'm going to start with me because revival begins with me. Come on. Wholeness begins with me. So I want you to lift up your hands right now. In just a few minutes, if that's you, I want you to come up to the front. As a matter of fact, 
close your eyes, close your eyes. If you identify with those two realities, if you feel like either you've been sitting on your gift or the Lord is convicting you and what, whatnot, this is not a condemnation message. It's just a restart. You know what you're doing when you come to the altar? The altar is not a place of defeat. It's a, it's a starting line where you're coming in and you're waiting for the Lord to say, ready, set, go. So if you're in this place right now, as you lift up your hands and your eyes are closed and you resonate with these things that I've told you and you want to reactivate, you want to be a pioneer in your home, you want to be a pioneer in the church, you want to reactivate that gift and God is speaking to you. I want you to lift up your hands all over this place. If you feel God is speaking with you, wave your hands. Come on. Come on. Don't be afraid. If that's you, the Lord is calling you today. The Lord is calling you today. I feel the Lord. The Lord is calling you. Some of you are teachers. Some of you could open up your homes. Some of you could cook. Some of you could be a greeter. But the Lord is calling you today. If that's you and you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I want you to quickly take your pride out the way and come out of your seats and join me in the front right now. Come on. If that's you, get out of your seats. Join me in the front. The rest of you, I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands right now all over this place. Come on. Come on, join me in the altar. If this is the Lord speaking to you, come on. If the Lord's speaking to you, the Lord is calling many of you. The gifts of God is burning in you. Jeremiah tried to stop his gift, but he said it was like fire shut up in my bones. And I, I can't stop prophesying. Come on, come on, church. Every one of you, if you feel hurt, and that hurt has caused you to stop your gift, I'm calling you too. I'm calling those who've been hurt and those who've been broken and you've shut your gift down because of pain. I'm going to ask you to come forth as well. Come on. Your goodness. Your goodness. I can't hear them. Come on, lift it up. Come on, church, I want you to lift up your hands all over this place. Jesus. Come on, church. Come on. The Lord is stirring you. I know it. I can feel it in my heart. Come on. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Come on. He's calling you today. Come on, church. One more time, one more time. Your goodness.
I want everyone to eyes closed right now. Lift up your hands if you can. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I pray right now for everyone in the altar and everyone sitting in their seats right now. Here's the good news. Not one of you are exempt from the gift of God. Not, not one, not one. Even if you feel insignificant, even if they feel insignificant, Lord, remind them that you have given everyone a gift according to your great variety of gifts. Here's my prayer. I want you to pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, everyone in this room. Say, Lord Jesus. Let me make known. Reveal to me the gift you've given me for your purpose, for your kingdom, for your will. And I ask from this day forward, I make a decision to use a gift that you've given me for your glory. Father, I pray right now for the businessman and the businesswoman that their gift is in the marketplace. I pray, Lord God, for the teachers and the, and the musicians and the, and the singers, Lord God, that are called to create music to bring people to the Lord. I, I pray for teachers and, and pastors and the evangelists and apostles and, 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 and Lord God, I, I pray for the fivefold ministry. I pray right now for those who are going to simply help. I pray for those that their gift has been dormant. Arise, I pray. Arise, I pray. Arise. Those who are bound by fear, I break the fear of, your, of using your gift. I break the fear. I break the spirit of laziness, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that there's a suddenly, a boldness come upon them. That the Lord has need of them. I ask you to stir us up. Stir us up. Stir us up. Stir us up. Say, Jesus, stir me up. Say, Jesus, stir me up. Now, I want all eyes closed because I want to release something to you. This is not cliche, but I want to tell you this. I feel it from the Lord. I have need of you. Your local church community has need of you. That's right, you. Inside, you may be looking around saying, that's not me, because I'm quiet. Listen, I feel this from the Lord. All eyes closed. Your personality does not determine if God wants you. You may say, well, I'm an introvert. I have nothing to give. Yes, you do. You could help others. You could open your home. You could give. Not everything has to be behind the stage. As a matter of fact, 80% is going to not be on the stage or the pulpit. 80% is going to be out there opening your homes, teaching, discipling, loving all people, encouraging people. Hold hands and then we're going to leave. Father, I ask you today to, to release a, a Holy Spirit stirring to the point that when they go to sleep, they realize, Lord, I'm called to do something specific. I'm going to, watch this, I'm going to have the spirit of a pioneer. Say that with me. I'm a pioneer. Come on, say it with bonus. Say, I am a pioneer over my life, over my family, over my church. In Jesus' name, I release that now. And I pray that it will come forth. Callings and giftings that have been laid dormant because of hurt, I release healing now. Healing now. The body needs you. The world needs you. In Jesus' name. 
Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.